Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Good to see you in church, friends. Happy. I, I just I keep you. Know, it's, it's that time of year where you're like, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. What's like happy today? I don't know. It's like I told someone like happy this the day before MLK Day. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a happy Sunday. Uh, I'm just so glad to see you guys in the house of God. I want you guys to have a seat because we're going to jump right into God's Word. Open your Bibles up. There are two places to look in your Bibles today, too, and I don't have them on the screen, so I apologize for that. But the two places to look on your uh, in your Bibles is Mark chapter number 4, verse 23. So can you remember that? Mark, like Mark, like, like a bookmark, Mark 4. Just make Mark 4, and then I'll remind you of the 23 later. The other one is Hebrews, Hebrews 12.1. All right, 12, like remember when we turned 12 years old? He, see, those are the things that helps me. I use pictures, and I use memories, and then I put them together, and I can remember stuff. Any of y'all like that? Did you Oh, I'm the only weird one. I, 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 otherwise, I don't remember stuff. But I want to tell you a little story. It was 1984. It was really, really awesome. I, I had just completed my first year at Sol Ross State University in Alpine, Texas. And I, was, I had taken a bunch of basic courses. And, and all of these basics were helping me to get prepared for, uh, for going to the private university. I, I went into the less expensive state university. Thank you for the state of Texas. And, and I was going to transfer all of those courses over and uh, and I was ready to go and then and move on to my bachelor to, to get my bachelor's degree I was so excited when I started at Southwestern Assemblies of God University and I I jumped in with that first year with just crazy enthusiasm but then all of a sudden I realized that there were different types of ministry students and I'm telling you people that said they were coming there to train to be pastors uh, <laughs> It, and most of them, if you were ever, I don't know if some of you have been in settings like this, but most of them were actually like really, um, I, I don't know how to say it, but it's like religious. They were just really like religious. They were, oh, like, wow, you know, and, and, and they kind of acted like they knew everything. And, and many of the times they were mean, judgmental people. I remember they would like call you names. And, and one, I remember this one guy who was real religious. He called me hot dog all the time. I was like, what? I don't even know what that means. Like I, like I, I like Oscar Mayer, but, 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 uh, but you know they would act studious and they would posture themselves in class a lot of times to be smarter than the instructors. And I just thought these people are weird. I, I did. I thought that. So forgive me right up front. I just thought they were weird. Well, the, then there was a, then a smaller group, which is like the next largest group of students, uh, ministry students. Um, th- these were the guys that would like eagerly cheat on tests. Uh, they they didn't serve in church. They didn't even attend church, although they were training to be pastors, uh, and they would party on weekends, but the interesting thing is that, that they kind of uprooted themselves because most of those people were, didn't even come back after the first, uh, first year, or even sometimes the first semester, or they, they were released from the school in a certain way, uh, but, but uh, and, and, you know, I kind of looked at that, and I thought, why did they even come in the first place? But you see, my dad had a talk with me. As I was getting into my red Mustang 302, you know, I was fully engaged. It was packed out, ready for my college move. And, and, and my dad came to talk to me, and he told me that I need to make my college experience count. And, and, and I'll never forget when my dad was talking to me in the front of our little mobile home in Alpine, Texas. Standing out there, I was eager to go, but dad looked at me, and tears filled his eyes. He said, Tim... 
I want you to go to school and give it all you've got. Be eager to learn. Be hungry to grow. Find a church quickly, and you serve. He said, he said Tim, if you have to empty the trash at the church, then do it because it's not about a position. It's about being a servant and being a dependable servant. And he said, this is how you will grow. And this is what will shape you to be a pastor. This is what will help to keep your life moving forward. So keep your heart pure. Keep your life clean. And Tim, he, so clear, final words, Tim, simply be teachable always. Now, e even though the atmosphere at Southwestern wasn't exactly what I had expected, because I thought, well, of course, everybody's going to be like that. But I learned, though, through Dad's wisdom that I could shift the atmosphere, at least for me and for my peers that were around me. And I could begin to see the difference. It's, it's finally like my third year at Southwestern, and, and one of my favorite Bible, uh, one of my favorite instructors, Bible teachers, instructors, his name was Leroy Bartell. He pulled me aside. And he took me into his office. And he did that every once in a while because he liked to talk. He'll, he could do some good one-on-one -on -one instruction. And uh, he was always edifying. He'd build you up. And if so, you were doing something that wasn't quite right, he'd just say, okay, let's talk about this. And, and so he pulled me into, the, into his office. And he said, Tim, again, this is one of those moments for me. He said, there are very few pastors in training here who will likely see success in ministry at this college, as it is with any university that's training people for ministry. But he says, you are likely, more likely to see success in ministry because of one thing. He said, you're a teachable young man. He said, it's also because you serve in your local church, and I know that you put everything into it, even though the classes that you take are boring, and I know you work all night at a grocery store, and you come to class the next day, you serve in your church, and you're teachable, and he said, if you keep this teachable spirit and this passion alive in you the rest of your life, God will always open doors for you. I walked away. I mean, my heart was swelling because he had validated then what dad had told me two and a half years earlier. It was like a confirmation that I could shift the atmosphere. And I'm very grateful to God that I followed those principles and to the very best of my ability. Not, not always perfectly. I've had a few flaws along the way, but since I was 18, I've really tried to do that. And it's not that I'm better than anyone else because get to know me. You'll know that's, that's, that's not the case. But, but I'm in constant training and I'm training for the next thing God wants to do in me and through me. So I want you guys to take a look at the scripture that's on the screen. It says this, because this is a pivotal scripture. It says, run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades. You're after one that's gold eternally. Paul says, I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No sloppy living for me. Now, when we give it all we got, we run to win, we shift the atmosphere. And this can happen anywhere in life, but predominantly today I'm talking about here. In October of 2015, I broke my patella. Many of you know that. Uh, breaking, I, I discovered this, breaking a bone in your leg is not a good idea. It's not fun. Two months later, I started my physical therapy to restore the muscle that had like evaporated. And, and the doc said it would take about one year for the muscle to be restored. And I was making pretty good prog uh, progress. But, but then I broke my ankle. And I didn't even tell most of you guys about that. I, said, I can't believe this. I'm so embarrassed. I broke my ankle a couple, and then, and then, and then, 
a couple months after that, I broke my pinky toe, and that was all on the same leg. You know, broken patella, broken ankle, broken pinky toe. That's not fun. Just, uh, I just wanted to scream, God, what, what's the deal? And I tried to blame God. He didn't let me. He said, Tim, you're so stupid. Would you just walk through your walking? And, uh, he didn't say I was so stupid, but I, I discerned it that way. But, but, but I, I was getting close to this one-year finish line that my doctor had given me, and I was far from having the muscle development that I needed. And, and, and someone I trusted said, Tim, what you need to do is you need to basically reboot, and you need to get a trainer. So I scoured Fort Worth for the best trainer, and then seven weeks ago, I found George. Now, George is a master trainer at LA Fitness, and, and I, I like George, like a master, that must mean something good. I don't know what that means, but, but I th- it has to be something good, and he's older than me. He teaches muscle development over here at TCC. He's an ex-football coach, and he has a master's degree in his field, and he's smarter than me. He has more experience than me, and, and he's in amazing shape, too. Jesus, look at the guy. I want that guy to be my trainer. He may not be cool, but he's got it. I think he's cool. So I told him my problem. I said, George, here's my problem. And, and he, he just smiled. He smiled at me. And, and I, I didn't know what to expect from the trainer. You know, he's a, he's a football coach. He's going to smack me or what? But, but he smiled, and he said, oh, we're going to get you fixed up really quick. But he said, it all starts with your attitude of receptivity toward what I'm telling you. So that's where I started. And what I did is I focused, and I showed up for, I showed up for every training session early and I, I warm up, I prep my mind, I prep my body, and, and I'm ready to go. And, and I would push through, and I have continued to push through every session. Uh, I did, I would take his assigned routine, and I would do it three times a week, and I keep doing that. And, and then all of a sudden, I noticed, I noticed a couple of weeks ago, I'm walking better. I'm, I'm, I can, it would sometimes start jogging, and I'm going, I'm jogging, I'm, I'm jogging. I want to yell at people, I'm jogging, but they don't care, but I care. And, and, and I started climbing up and down stairs, and thinking, I'm not having to hold under the rail, I feel good, and, and the inflammation in my knees started going away, and it's like, what happened to me? What happened is I shifted my atmosphere. You see, I was at the same gym with the same people, but there was a different attitude on my part, an attitude of receptivity, and amazing results has taken place in my body. And I still have three more months of training. I'm just telling you guys, look out, because three months from now, I will take any of you. <laughs> so you go, right. And you know, come on, come on. You see, I, I didn't see training as something to do on the checklist. I wanted to be teachable. I wanted to be passionate student because I, I wanted real, real measurable change. Literally, I want to be able to measure my legs and make sure that the muscles are, are lining up appropriately. Which leads me to say this, and this is important. If we're going to shift the atmosphere, you have to be receptive. Now, I ask you to open your Bibles to Mark 4. Look at, get it now, Mark 4 23 because i want you to see this jesus is saying something here about being receptive because when we're receptive the atmosphere shifts around us now listen carefully to what jesus said this is good here's how he started his sermon in fact it would be kind of fun to start sermons this way if anyone has ears to hear let him let them do what hear got an ear Put it into action. He's jolting their brains. It's also kind of a form of Hebrew humor. They're like, <laughs> ears here. Okay, I got it. But he's waking up their minds. And then he says, carefully, he said, consider, this is good, consider carefully what you hear. So you have the ears, you got to make them hear. Then you need to consider carefully what you hear. 
And then he goes on to say this. This is the next line. A lot of times people stop right there. This is good, though, because the next line is crazy amazing because he said, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. This is actually the prelude to the parable of the sower, but what Jesus does is he gives the punchline away before he even starts the, the, uh, the, the, the parable. Basically, here's what he's saying. He said, if you invest low in hearing, you're going to receive low because you will get little out of what you hear because your investment is small. Any of you guys who are uh, investment bankers, you understand how that works. Jesus also then said that the opposite is true. This other principle, which is the opposite, which is what I really want to go after, he said, invest high in hearing and you will receive high. That's basically what he was saying. He, he, he's saying you're going to get a lot out of what you hear because your investment in what you hear is high. And then Jesus really actually goes to a whole different level when he says you're not only going to receive more but you will receive a lot more you will be given even more than what you would invest so if we don't receive we leave more empty than when we came in through the door today guys do you get this it's up to us now i pay for my trainer george but uh i don't it, but if I don't show up to the training sessions, or if I don't work out between the sessions, if I don't ask him questions of why am I doing this exercise, and what muscle is it doing, and what, how am I supposed to feel, and if I'm not taking notes in my little, little uh, uh, workout notebook, or if I tell him, like, quit pushing me so hard, because he told me I was gonna, yesterday or the day before, he said, I'm going to make you do something, it's, it's, you're not going to like it. I said, come on, bring it on, coach. He just laughed at me. But if I don't do that, I lose. Because here's what happens. I have less money, and I've blown my time for nothing. No receptivity, huge personal loss. And that's just on a practical level I think that we could all understand. So again, if you're going to shift the atmosphere, you have to be receptive. And I'm challenging you in 2017 as your pastor to be receptive and to, be, to, to, to begin to create an atmosphere within your heart and your family and right here where miracles can happen in this house. So your spiritual results are in your own hands. They're not in my hands. Now, a lot of people don't understand that of how it works, but the spiritual results are in your hands, not mine. Uh, and see, I am required by God to train you in how to do it. I have to. Why? It's because I'm, I guess you could call the dad of the house. You can call me Father Tim. No, don't call me Father Tim. <laughs> You, I mean, I, I'm George the Master Trainer here, but, but, but I, I, I've, I've therefore have created something for you today, and I'm calling it the Receptivity A-List. And these are the things that will shift atmosphere. So I want you to get your notes out and jot these down. This is going to be very helpful to you, and I encourage you to take this because today is a day where Dad's going to talk to the family. Is that okay? All right, you guys like the good family chats? All right, nobody's getting in trouble here. This is all about encouraging you for something that's going to pay off all year long. Now, here's the first one. A, number one, the first A is anticipate. Be a part of something great. Be here a few minutes early. Uh, use the City Life Partners parking down on Macon Street and save the, the parking out front for our guests and the newer people who are here or people who have little babies and kids and walk in 
I, I know it's hard, but you can walk in a block. Have any of y'all walked a block before? Okay, that's how far our parking is, and it's so amazing. I used to crutch in from a block. I've even crutched in with an umbrella carrying my computer from a block. Back, back. It's a, because, and it's very, very doable. And when you get here, sit up front and leave the seats in the back for those who are arriving a little bit later. When you're here, get your pen and your paper ready. And, and if you must use your phone for notes, which is fine, zip it over into zip it, zap it, you know, do it over into airplane mode. All right? Don't say, Siri, put it in airplane mode. Now, if all of your phones are activating right now, I'm sorry. But, but and it's because you don't want to get distracted with the cool new game you, that you just downloaded because you're about as ADD as I am and I know how it works. So just, just do that, all right? So it's simple. To shift the atmosphere, you, and you, in order to be receptive, you need to anticipate and start now. Start now. I mean, next Sunday, just, just come in here and do this because your experience actually will be different. Next Sunday is, is what Caitlin said on the video. It's, it's a, what we call Vision Sunday, and you're going to get more out of it if you anticipate. I've got some great stuff to share with you next Sunday. Okay, so the second on the A list is this, and it is attend. Say attend. attend. Say it again. Say attend. attend. Good. That means to be present and fully present. Those are two different things. We're going to talk about that. You see, you have to show up at the gym to meet the trainer. I can't watch a video about the trainer and think it's going to work. A long time ago, we had something at our, we ordered some videos at our house, and this is back in the, I'm, I'm just talking like 89 or maybe 1990, a long time ago. Some of you weren't even alive then, but it was Billy Blank's Tybo videos, and some of you guys remember those. Oh my word, we put those things out. We bought the videos, and Rebecca and I, we did it twice and set the videos down. One day, little Preston discovered them, and he goes, Daddy, what's this? I want to try to do that. I want to punch people. It's like, yeah, that's something we used to do. You see, but, and what's interesting, though, is when I go to see my trainer, when I show up at the gym, George, th this, is, this is something I didn't expect. Many times he will find me at the gym prior to my appointment time. He'll hunt me down. This happens at least half the time. You know what he tells me? He said, hey, the person before you was a no-show. I saw that you had checked in. And if you want to start training extra early and you're going to be able to get a bunch of tr extra training time, you can do it. I'm <laughs> like, every time I'm going, wow, I'm glad I showed up early. Too bad for the loser who paid for the session and I'm getting their time. Thank you, Jesus. Ha <laughs> ha, thank you very much. I'm blessed. And I say, Pastor, that's, how dare you call them the loser? Oh, they do. They lost. I won. You know, hey, that's it. They paid for my session. They paid for a double session for me. <clears throat> Just like it is at church. You see? The first part is to be present, and that means be here face-to-face, eye-to-eye, where people can see you and touch you, where your senses are activated. In the Bible, in Acts chapter 2, is one of the most significant things that happened in the church. It's where the Holy Spirit fell on people, and the, and the church just exploded. But the Holy Spirit didn't fall on the people who were watching the prayer meeting on YouTube. Nothing wrong with that. But if they weren't at the worship gathering, they didn't get what God was giving everyone else 500 people you realize 500 people were invited by jesus to go to that prayer meeting but only 120 were actually present 120 people were actually empowered to change the world and they did we never know what happened to the other 380 who didn't attend see be here be present and it's not based upon convenience or even how you feel i love the fact that that jordan here he's not feeling great today i'll just just uh, i'll just expose his his <sighs> law he's a little under the weather and he's been that way this week and you know what he he's, he was here serving all day yesterday 
and he was here early this morning and before long before the sun was up and his voice isn't there but he's giving it all he's got and the team's rushing around him and is leading worship for him because his voice just isn't there today and, and you know what jordan will leave here blessed today see we're present not based upon convenience listening to a podcast is okay now I, I like that i think that's good but it's very much incomplete See, when you're present, you're able to be receptive. And the heart, is, heart of God is actually drawn to those people who have receptivity. And what happens is doors begin to open for you, just like my dad said would happen, just like Bartel said would happen. Now, the, the second part is to be fully present. Say, fully present. Now, I, I lead a lot of meetings, but if people come to my meetings and that I'm leading and they're looking at their phones or they're, they're sending texts or they're chasing, uh, you know, friends on Facebook and, and having conversations with the people next to them, they're not engaging, they're not nodding, they're not jumping in. The, the truth is, in those meetings, my passion is never drawn toward them. It, it just isn't. I, it's not like I'm mean or anything. I was like, I don't, like, they're in another world, so that's okay. They, they get to be here and do other things that... Oh, that's what they get for coming. I don't know. But, 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 but why? It's because they're present in their body, but they're not fully present. Sometimes, I'll just tell them myself, I watch a documentary program occasionally with my wife, and I love it, and, and I start thinking about what they're saying, and, and, and I just determine that, well, whatever they're sharing on this program is not enough for me. I'm going to go deeper, and so I grab my phone to start looking up the location on the map of where it's happening, and, and I try to find Wikipedia articles and, and everything. I'm no longer listening to that. I'm just looking at my phone. I'm present, but I'm not fully present, and she'll say to this, she'll say to me, Tim, put your phone away. But she does it actually in a much more convincing manner, you know, that makes me actually put it away. See, because no one is drawn to someone else who's not fully present. See, this will open doors for you actually anywhere in your life, but especially in the house of God. So your desire will actually be greater, uh, and, and, and then the obstacle that you're facing in your life right now it will, will begin to crumble because you're simply here, because your presence actually triggers action in your life so to shift the atmosphere you need to be receptive anticipate attend and then the next you can, i want you to kind of think of yourselves as like think of think of yourself as a spongebob okay i want you to do that in other words absorb absorb drink in what god is speaking right here in the house God's speaking to you, and you know, if I say something in my message that you think is just tailored, designed for you, please know this. I have not been spying on you, uh, nor have I designed any part of my message for you personally, because I don't even do that. But your God, which is my God, the one that we serve, he custom designs the message and the word for you, so absorb it. Jesus clearly said there are three types of people, really. There are people who have ears but no hearing. That's, you know, you know the setting. It's like where data is coming in and, and you don't hear any of it. It's, it's a waste. Uh, so never allow God's custom word for you to be white noise. The, the second part, though, is this, is, is where you have ears and hearing, but you're filtering. Now, this is probably the one where most of us struggle because you can hear, but you really don't hear what God is trying to say to you because you're filtering it through your prejudices, the lens through which you view your life based upon what you've heard and experienced. And guys, God wants to do things in your life, but if we can't contain it and retain it, then it's not going to be of much help to us. God wants what he's saying to you all year long to touch your spirit, but 
we filter God out. And I want you guys to fracture the filter of familiarity because that's one of those filters. A familiarity can actually ruin it for us because you come in, it's like, okay, same old place, same old people, same old music, come on, dazzle me today. And I really don't feel like you guys do that, but, but it can be very easy for us to fall into that trap. And when we do, we've already ruined it for ourselves before you even step across the welcome home mat. So another thing to do is to offload the filter of offense because that's the other filter. And this is probably the one that's, that's, that's even greater because if you come to the house and you're offended at someone or something, you've already actually built a wall and God's presence cannot penetrate it. That's why people can sit, and I've, I've seen this all my life, people can sit in the same service, be in the same atmosphere, and some people say, I just am not getting fed. And other people going, what are you talking about? It's a steak dinner. It's because you're actually filtering out the truth and you're only hearing what reinforces your offense. And it's very, very sad. Typical filters in today's world can be uh, an assumption that we're all about some secret political agenda. <laughs> a past experience of what maybe a spiritual leader said or did. Maybe it's a perspective that all the church wants is your money. That could be any of that. It, it could be a pain from a church experience, maybe that was legalistic or was harsh, and you hear something and, and it activates that and the filter goes up. I, I'm asking you to demolish the filter of offense because I want you to hear from God. Instead, what I encourage you to have is what Jesus wants us to have, which is ears, hearing, and receiving. That's why we come with our Bibles, our Bible apps, and, 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 and we're ready to take notes. We want to go beyond the religious duty, and, and we choose to engage in God's words. It's just simply a choice, and that is the atmosphere of city life. So, in other words, just be a SpongeBob. Just drink it in, and then God will begin to specifically speak to details about your pain, your business situation, your relationship, the, the financial challenge you're in, your fears. See, God has always been speaking. He's just waiting for you to shift the atmosphere. So to shift the atmosphere, you need to be receptive. Three things, come on. I want us to look at it. The first one is, I want you to say them with me. Be, uh, see, anticipate, come on. Second is, attend. Third is, absorb. Be a SpongeBob. And the, the fourth one is, appreciate. Say appreciate. appreciate. Be grateful for what is actually being offered. So don't, don't come late. Uh, people aren't going to be showing up late at AT&T Stadium today regardless of the storms. Why? Because they appreciate the value of the playoff experience. They're already showing up over there. I know we are all late from time to time occasionally, and so we don't ever want to be legalistic about that. I'm late sometimes, but here's one thing I've noticed about myself. I'm very rarely late to something that I appreciate and I value greatly. Because when we kind of wander in, we're only hurting ourselves and we negatively impact the larger atmosphere. And this is not to shame anyone, but, but, but this, is, this is just something to remember. And there are times we'll all be like, it happens to every one of us. But can you imagine the atmosphere that would be here when we come with a spirit of just anticipation and, 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 and the place is, is packed five minutes prior to the service because, guys, that's getting ready to happen, and I don't want you to miss out on that. <laughs> and and what, I'll, what I'll tell you will happen in an atmosphere like that because it's going to happen is, is receptivity is going to begin to spike in this place. The atmosphere will be even more charged with this, this indescribable uh, spiritual electricity. 
But if you come dragging in late and you're checking Facebook and checking how many likes you got on your Instagram pic, you know, you're checking your email, you're setting up your schedule for next week, I'm going to go through it all, then you're not receptive. If you walk into this year, though, with a spirit of appreciation for what God has for you, expecting to hear from God, expecting to encounter God, expecting our hearts and our minds to be transformed, what we expect we will actually begin to see happen because we'll be receptive to what's going to occur. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, the front row are right up here, they're, they're not just statues, they're not, just, they're not props just sitting there, but they're nodding and saying, man, right, yeah, uh-huh, I like that. You might say, oh, pastor, I didn't come from that background. Well, I do. And so, so I mean, in my church where I grew up, it was a shout fest. You know, it's like, well, I, wanna, I don't know, I, I better shout louder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not asking for that. But, but this is not Bass Hall. This is not a place for us to come and enjoy. Where you sit and, hmm, don't you dare hum the song. Let them perform. I don't want to hear your hum. I don't want to hear you breathe. I don't want to hear any of that. I'm here to enjoy the music. Oh, the music is finished. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> That's not, that you, can, you can have all of that you want. And the truth is, I like that at Bass Hall. So here's the truth. A receptive, you know, like when you're saying, yeah, that's it, right? That's, come on, come on, pastor. That actually pulls the word of God out of me. You want to pull it out of me? Yeah. Oh, that's it, come on. Let's yeah. this, this, this is a test. You want to pull it out of me? Okay, get that. Okay, guys, right there. I like it. I can feel it. Oh, over here. Ooh. I will preach better. Some people say, I want you to preach better, Pastor. Good, and start shouting me down. I want you to look at this story of someone who appreciated what God was doing. He appreciated the fact that Jesus was walking in town. Look at the screens. It says that Jesus entered and walked through the town of Jericho. And there was a man there, and his name was Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. The IRS guy who was a cheat. <laughs> Not the oh, IRS. Just forget that. Just, there's no political stuff there. Okay. But he wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. And he was a short man. He couldn't see over the crowd. So he, climbed, he ran ahead and climbed up onto a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. And when Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, by name, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. So Zacchaeus scrambled down the tree, hardly believing his luck, and delighted to take Jesus home with him. And everyone who saw the incident were indignant, and they grumped. You know, the religious folk will always do that. It's like, oh, well, well, this uncouth person, what are they doing amongst us getting attention from the reverend? You know, like, they, they, so what they did is they said, what business does this guy have getting cozy with this crook? And Zacchaeus just stood there. He was a little stunned. He was hearing it all and apologetically. He said, Master, I'll give half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I'll pay four times the damages. So Jesus said, well, today is salvation day for your home, my friend. So, and he says, here he is, Zacchaeus. And he pointed him out, son of Abraham, which meant a lot to those people. That made the religious people go, Wah! basically he's saying, he's a follower, you know. <laughs> he, he's a Christian. For the son of man came, to find and restore the lost. See, Zacchaeus was not the most spiritual. He was actually a disliked man. He was an extortion artist. But he is the one Jesus chose to visit and to speak into his life directly and even have tea with him. I, maybe he didn't have tea. I know, but when I, when I was a kid, we used to say, I'm going to your house for tea. And anybody else sing that? that? That was a little song I used to sing about Zacchaeus, that, that Jesus was going to his house for tea. And then when I started studying the Bible, I, I finally got to Bible college and read it. It's like, he didn't have tea. 
felt a little offended all those years of Sunday school teachers teaching me that. But Jesus transformed the guy's life. What made Zacchaeus different is he appreciated what was coming down the road. He shifted his own atmosphere that day, and he got the blessing. So to shift the blessing, here we go. I mean, to, to, to shift the atmosphere, here we go. We've got to be receptive and say it with me. Anticipate, attend, absorb, appreciate. In other words, like be a Zacchaeus. And here's the next one, apply. Act on what you hear. Do something with what you hear. The story of some people in the Bible where they simply came to hear the Bible be read one day. They just wanted to hear the Bible read. No one was even preaching, per se. They were just reading the scriptures. I want you to look at what happens because it's crazy amazing. It says, all the people gathered as one person, that's the spirit of unity, in the town square and asked the scholar Ezra to, to read the scriptures. So he read it facing the town square at the Watergate Hotel. Now, that wasn't in Washington. It was actually at the Watergate in Jerusalem. So if you guys don't know about the Watergate Hotel, had the fire this last week, the scandal, the Nixon era, okay. Uh, do you guys follow politics at all? I'm not going to be political, but I definitely know my politics stories. Okay, but, but he read it facing the town square at the Watergate from early dawn until noon in the hearing of the men and women, all who could understand it. Look, all the people listened. They were all ears. Ezra opened the book. Every eye was on him. He was standing on a raised platform. And as he opened the book, everyone just stood. And Ezra praised God, the great God. And all the people responded, Amen! Amen! And they lifted their hands high. And then they fell to their knees in worship of God, their faces to the ground. This was actually the beginning of this huge spiritual transformation that ignited in Jerusalem. I mean, can you imagine what the atmosphere would be like in our church? And not just here, but in every church in Fort Worth, if people were that excited just to simply hear the word of God read, in fact, starting next Sunday, the beginning of my message, we're going to be standing to read aloud and speak aloud a passage of Scripture. That's no accident that we do that. There's biblical precedent for us because it wakes up our minds and gets us into the Word. I love it. See, these people had an attitude of receptivity, and then they took it and they applied it into their lives. So it wasn't just information, it was transformation. Because guys, I, by myself, cannot create an atmosphere in our service, nor can any single person, but it takes all of us. So engage with God's word and say amen and lift your hands and, because this shifts the atmosphere over our lives and over our entire gathering. Because you're actually going to do something with what God is saying. So here we are. To shift the atmosphere, we need to be receptive and, come on, let's say it now, anticipate, attend, uh, be a SpongeBob, appreciate, apply, which means act on what you hear. And the next one is to add value. You need to contribute to the family. If you only come to receive and to take, then your experience is going to be very shallow. See, we're a household. We function like a family. And we, we all contribute in investing in our relationships. We invest through our giving. We invest through our serving in the house. And, and, and just see, if you guys have not yet been to the partnership lunch, do it next Sunday. Get that card out now. I want you to come. I want you to have lunch with me right here in the house. And, and, and just let me know. Fill that card out today. Let me know you want to be here. Partnership, all right? That's, that's a good place to start. Okay, here we go. To shift the atmosphere, here we go. We're going to anticipate, attend, absorb, appreciate, apply, add value, which means you treat it like a family because it is. And the next one is affect. I didn't say effect. Affect. I chose that word intentionally because it starts with an A and it works with the A list best. No, but, but really, 
You need, this means to engage the other family members. I, in the dictionary, the term affect means to touch the feelings of someone, to move emotionally, to make an impression upon someone, to tug at someone's heartstrings. There's a story of four young men who uh, wanted to affect a friend at church. They wanted a miracle for their friend. They wanted to affect him. They wanted to tug on his heartstrings. They wanted something to happen for him. And they couldn't get into the meeting, and so what they did is they cut a hole in the roof to get to the minister. What they did is they shifted the atmosphere, and even in that setting, in that ministry setting, they were honored, and their friend was healed. The Bible puts it this way. It says some men carrying a, a paralyzed man on a mat tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them and, and he took what had been, he had been lying on and went home praising God. And everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. He was different than the way he came in. You see, it says then the, they were filled with awe that were in the service there. It says, we've seen some remarkable things today. Don't you want to say that after church? See, this is the kind of attitude that sparks miracles. It's what gets Jesus' attention. We're not just here to get something for us. We want miracles for our friends. That shifts the atmosphere. So to shift the atmosphere, come on, here this is. Let's wrap it up. Anticipate, attend, absorb, appreciate, apply, add value, and effect. As I wrap up, I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, because God is up to something big among us. And I don't want anything to hinder me from engaging what God is up to. I want to shift the atmosphere with my heart and with my mind and with you. Together, we will shift the atmosphere even in this house week after week. And it's just getting rid of clutter. Look at it. It says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Do simply this and be passionate about it and watch doors begin to open up in your life. The ministry of Jesus, I'm telling you guys, his greatest miracles occurred where there was a spirit of receptivity. It's where people shifted the atmosphere. In fact, there were places where there was no receptivity. It's in the Bible. Where there was actually no passion, like the city of Nazareth. And God himself could hardly do anything. Now that's crazy ability because we say God can do everything yeah he can but he's looking for people to be receptive and there was not a receptive spirit in Nazareth so nobody got miracles Jesus came went into that town and ah boring boring and nothing happened now, I want everybody to stand because I have a lot that I'm excited to share with you this year in 2017 and I believe God has a lot for you personally that he is already custom designing for you but it's up to you to shift your personal atmosphere and even shift the atmosphere in here for your friends and your guests that you're bringing with you. So here's my question. Will you even begin to do it now and watch the doors begin to open up for you and for your family? God, we just choose to be in an attitude of receptivity. That's what we want. That's what we desire. Please, I'm asking for no movement at this time. Leaders, I'd like for you to pray now. This is the most important part of today. I'd like for you to close your eyes for just a moment and focus internally. Maybe you're here today and you've never really surrendered your life completely to Jesus or you, over the course of your life you have drifted from your relationship with God. But if you 
want to know this Jesus that I preach about, and you want a new beginning, and you're ready to embrace God's sense of purpose for your life, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. And if you'd like to be included in my closing prayer and surrender your life completely to Jesus, I'm going to do one thing. I'm just going to ask you to do one simple thing, and that is to lift your hand. Because faith is when you respond outwardly to what you're feeling inwardly. Knowing this is that Jesus loves you more than you can imagine. He died for you so that you can have life. Everything happens, changes today. With everyone's eyes closed, focusing inward right now, I'm going to give you a clear signal when to lift your hand, and it's simply at the count of three. By doing this, you're saying, Pastor, I want your faith to be engaged with mine. Let's pray together. Would One, two, three. Lift your hands up. Lift your hands up for me. Lift your hands up for me. Thank you. Who else? Hey, if you raise your hand, I want you, along with everyone else in this room, to pray these words with me. Come on, say these words with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past. And I embrace the future. The expansive future that you have for me. Thank you for my personal atmosphere shift. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.